Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Happy New Year, everyone. Zach here from the Wisconsin Music Podcast with another episode. This week we are with Milwaukee's Diet Light. And they say in their bio, they're a powerful trio showcasing catchy riffs, creative songwriting, and a brand of energy that could be canned and sold at grungy, filth-caked 7-Elevens worldwide. Starting as a collection of various recording projects between drummer Evan Marsali and guitarist Kelsen Kuzdas, the band later brought guitarist Max Neiman into the fold. Diet Light paradoxically consists of two guitarists and zero bassists, with neither of them able to concede as the lesser guitarist and a refusal to submit to the way of the axe. Max and Kelsen instead trade the bass when playing live. In other words, Diet Light is two bands the cost of one. This alternative punk group showcases spicy hooks, pungent absurdity, and spirit of drunken collaboration. The group takes pride in active bass lines, melodically forward verses, and familiar yet fresh material inspired by the acts of the likes of the Parquet Courts, Twin Peaks, Pavement, The White Stripes, Tame Impala, Nirvana, Velvet Underground, and many, many others. However, we had a great New Year's and holiday during the end of last year. Now we're in the year of 2022. So let's get right into this first episode of 2022 with Milwaukee's own Diet Light. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Diet Light. So why don't you guys kind of introduce yourselves, give us a little music origin story and how you got started in the music. So my name's Kelson. I originally started off in orchestra in the fourth grade, wanted to play cello, but I rode the bus. So my parents were like, no, you can't play that. So I played viola instead and then picked up guitar a couple of years later, had fun with it, and then went to school at Oshkosh for uh, the music recording program. Where I met these dudes and started playing in a band and yeah, just kind of took it from there. And then I'm Max Neiman. Um, uh, we both play guitar and sing in the band. And uh, yeah, I started playing guitar in like middle school, been playing in bands throughout high school. Then yeah, I went to UW Oshkosh with these guys. They kind of already had a recording project going on and I hijacked it. And uh, <laughs> uh, now uh, here we are. I will never forget. You. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you already know me, uh, Evan. <clears throat> I started out. I was doing percussion. Um, 
actually, I did piano before that, but then I was like, I don't want to play piano, mom. I want to play drums. So I started in there and then I quit the school band just to play drums up until college. And then I picked up guitar a little bit and I met these guys and then we started the band. And unlike Max, Dialyze the only band that me and Kels have ever been in. Okay, cool. So how come you had to quit the school band to do drums? I just, I didn't like the, uh, you know, the structured class session of, you know, percussion, you know, being in band. I just wanted to go play my drum set, you know? Okay. And not have to worry about learning songs that I don't care about. Like, I just wanted to play my stuff, pretty <laughs> much. Uh, you're one of those kids. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. one of those, yeah. those, one of those uh, self-trained. Yeah, uh, I was uh, reprimanded quite quite frequently for playing out of turn in class <laughs> in band practice too yeah. Yeah, and it shows <laughs> i've got that's the instrument okay. in front of me i'm gonna play i'm a high school band director by day so i I'm, okay <laughs> but you're not hurting my feelings because you know um my dad's my dad was the same way when he was in high school he all he wanted to do was play drums but he didn't know how to read music at that time so he just kind of did his own thing which was cool so there's there's no one right way to do it that's for sure let's get into some of these questions here i have for you guys when did you first start putting together your first project to play live so when did diet light basically become into existence well like me so like like kelso had mentioned we had me and him had just been recording random stuff basically just whatever song ideas we had um, and then it was like fall of 2017, there was a battle of the bands going on at UW Oshkosh and we wanted to like, you know, play some of the songs, um, but we needed, you know, a full band to play it. So we recruited Max and actually we had another guy who just played bass, uh, who, uh, since then had left, you know, the band, but, um, but basically yeah, it's 2017, uh, battle of the bands was the reason we formed we lost. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't we win it last place. <laughs> but the next year we came back and won it. So it's a redemption arc. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Cool. Very cool. So before the pandemic, what were you guys doing to get people to come to your shows? What were you doing to promote? I mean, we had like just gotten to. Um, we kind of just got in Milwaukee like before the pandemic. Like we were in Oshkosh. These guys moved here. I was living down in Chicago, but we were gigging a lot here, kind of just getting our feet wet in the scene. And uh, then, yeah. Um, and I mean, we were just kind of like, you know, I don't know, promoting through, you know, posters, uh, Instagram, you know, Instagram, social Facebook, kind of general just way you roll about it. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the pandemic hit. We had to cancel the shows we had booked, um, gave us time to record, but it also gave us time to kind of sharpen our. Uh, social media presence, I guess. I don't know. We started like leaning on some video content, uh skit comedy, things like that. Um Okay. So that was kinda of, that was kind of I mean that had already been there, those ideas I think, but the actual implementation of it was definitely a product of the pandemic. So a positive of the pandemic for you guys was to be able to kind of step back and kinda of regroup and kinda of focus on um everything that you just got done talking about, the skits and doing online type things and social media. Yeah, and then, and then recording too. Like we wouldn't have yeah. had the time to record our al- the album we put out this year. Um, or it would have taken us a lot longer had we not 
lost all the shows we had booked. Right. So, you know, silver lining there. Right, right, right. And speaking of not really that they're canceled, but gigs in general, what kind of venues do you guys usually shoot for? Dive bars, man. <laughs> I don't know. That's what we shoot for. That's where we land most of the time. Um, yeah, we've just been like, since like shows have been back in Milwaukee, we've been, you know, hitting the uh, River West clubs here, you know, Linneman's, Bremen. Um, we've been playing a lot, just like around the area too, the suburbs. We've been down to Chicago a couple times. Um, we did a yeah. festival over the summer too, yeah, actually. We so we've been kind of working our way up. Yeah, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good mix, you know. We're trying to reach into that next tier of venues, you know. Cactus Club, Cactus Club, Arcade, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, we got um, we got a lot booked now, and it's cool. So this this episode is probably gonna come out in about. Let's see here, we're at the beginning of November, probably. January. Um, do you have any okay. gigs in the new year set up that people hold will on. be able to go to once this goes live? Um, hold on. I can read off the list. Yeah, go like. for it. <laughs> Let's see. <clears throat> so January 6th at Cactus Club, January 8th at Linneman's, January 14th at Mickey Finn's in Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, we're having a festival. We're doing another, putting together a, a, you know, a DIY kind of festival here in Milwaukee that'll be at the Pabst room uh the best place of the paps in milwaukee then 29th of january playing at the rigby in madison january 5th at jambalaya in oshkosh and january 19th february, february. Or, sorry yeah february 19th at bremen in milwaukee again yeah. no that uh that january 15th date um yeah that's gonna be really cool we got like eight or nine local band, or like at the end it'll be like 10 bands i think it's 10 bands a couple of them from town but like the Majority is Milwaukee bands. It's called, uh, we're calling it Luca Fest. Um, okay. It's gonna, that's gonna be really cool. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a kind of a focus on, mostly a focus on, you know, some of these Milwaukee bands getting all these guys together and just, you know, have, music. Are there bands that you have lined up to be part of this already? Yeah. Yeah, we got, um, we're playing at uh, Tacoma, Washington Weekday Club is a band we're good friends with. Um, they kind of, Spirit, Logan, um, they're from it, kind of spearheaded this. Um, but uh, yeah, we got we got here. We got um, totally cash. They're a Chicago band. Um, that I know pretty well. North Warren's an awesome Milwaukee band. They're really cool. You guys got to check out their record. Um, our buddy Shuby, they're from up in the Fox Valley. We met them up at Oshkosh. Um, we got Buck Moments. We got Yum Yum Cold. We got Fuzzy Surf. And I haven't seen I those guys, but I'm Nilex now. That was Nilex now too. Which I haven't seen any of those guys, but I'm really excited. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> for listeners that don't really know of you guys, because you know that's one of the reasons why I do this is for more people to get um, experience of local bands. Kind of, I hate putting bands in genres and stuff like that, but people kind of want to know what kind of niche that you're kind of pulling from. So, what kind of genres are you pulling from to create your music? Someone described us recently as like um, garage pop, power punk. Garage pop, power punk is like what I'll go to usually. But someone described us as um, what if Twin Peaks was punk, but also country, also cowboy at the same yeah. time. So I think like, I don't know what that means. I think like, a, a safe way to be to describe it would be just indie rock plus garage rock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would probably be a, a that, safe. We fall under that yeah. umbrella. So are there certain like national bands that you would fall under the same umbrella with that people can kind of 
an idea or is it more original, original type, like completely left field? Nah, we definitely wear our influences on our sleeves. I think we're big into uh, this uh, band out of New York called Parquet Courts. Um, Twin Peaks is another kind of mid-tier band that we're into. Um, Those are really big influences for us. Me personally, like um, Wilco and Pavement and like a lot of like 90s indie rock. Um, A big influence on me. Um, Yeah, and like in our sound too, you can kind of hear that, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. What band do you enjoy listening to that people would be surprised that you listen to them? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love house music, which like you don't see any of that in our music. I'm trying to get us more dance-oriented, maybe. We're a little groovy, you know? But uh, yeah, I love me a good rave. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like I pretty much listen to pretty standard stuff you'd expect. What about you? Well, well Kelsey, you're at the class. But, uh, you know, yeah, I, I uh, got pretty into like, you know, Western art music just because it was like a part of my schooling. So actually, like even today, even though I'm, you know, a few years removed now from it, is like a lot of the stuff I write is kind of little more convoluted than it needs to be <laughs> but yeah but that kind of gives you your 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 music a little bit of a twist so it's not like everybody else's mm-hmm. yeah yeah cool very cool now obviously you guys have a lot of gigs coming up in the new year and you've done a lot of gigs um prior to covid and probably some since then um since last march Let's kind of talk about the local scene attitude that you observed. What are the positives that you've kind of observed over the last, you know, three or four years? Everyone plays people, with everyone. Yeah, people aren't too, like, pretentious about stuff. I feel like there's there could be a lot of scenes where people are like, oh, I won't play with that band because they only have this many followers on Instagram or something, you know. I feel like people aren't like that around here. It's not so clicky. Yeah. And everyone just came out swinging too. It was like there was like a trickle like through the summer. Like we played our first show, May show back in May of this year, I guess of twenty twenty one, and uh, we've been hitting it hard ever since. And like more and more bands like throughout the summer were just like gigging all the time, and it's just cool how like, people are really quickly revitalized. Yeah. People are like are about it, and just like we're still finding you know new venues and new bands every day that are we didn't know before they're like just developing and it's i don't know it's exciting it's there's a lot happening in this music scene right now yeah cool cool. yeah excellent um what about some struggles that you've been seeing in the local scene you know things that maybe suffocating it or something that needs to be changed i'd say for me so i like book like most of our shows and one of the (laughs) The biggest head peeve that I have is like all these like these venues just don't respond to their emails. They don't open their Facebook messages. They're just so bad about communication. Uh, so that's kind of uh, not everyone. But yeah, not because Bremen and Linemans are great about it. That's why we it's a big reason why we like play there so often. Number one is because like they're just really cool places to play at. And just number two is just because they actually respond to their emails. Um, but yeah, just these venues just are so bad about responding. Okay. You guys got any other pet peeves? I mean, I don't know. It's just like, not really, honestly. Like, uh, 
No, that's, that's, that's fine. I mean, it's good to hear that the the local scene is is really strong. It seems to be getting stronger, which is great. You guys talked about um, working on a recording project. Which uh, what album number will this be? It'll technically be. It'll be our fourth release. Well, it's gonna be. It's we, we we're. It's gonna be. We want to shoot it out in more like small spurts rather than one big right thing. Because what we found with the last album we released is like about the first five tracks, five out of ten tracks got like a the bulk of the you know streams, and then the last five, like people just kind of stopped listening. You know, so I figured it's better to just release either you know maybe one two three songs at a time maybe four as opposed to just doing all that just because you know people they're you know they they're not going to pay attention for that long you know and it's easier to promote one little song rather than a whole work well that seems what um social media content basically is geared around is like shooting off little bits here and there instead of the whole thing at once Mm -hmm. and i think that's just branching out to almost everything even you know artists like painters and musicians obviously and you know other arts they're kind of like the same kind of thing just a little bit at a time so people don't have the whole thing in their face they can just take a little bit at a time mm-hmm. i'd love, love to drop a 20 song you know double album magnum opus but no one's gonna listen to 15 <laughs> of those so like, well when you guys get really big in you know in the national ear maybe you can do stuff like that but i think for bands that are on the local level i think that's probably the smart thing to do is just do one song every couple weeks or every month depending on you know the way you planned it when i had um emily white i don't know if you guys listened to that episode when she was talking about revenue stream and collecting you know all your money from that that's one of the major things she's talked about is like doing exactly that just do you know one song at a time and just build it up build it up release it and then for the next song build it up build it up again release it and that's just how you get more and more ears on yeah, the stuff that you guys are promoting yeah, you can get more focused about it too right exactly so let's talk about this new project that you guys are working on kind of give us the whole detailed plan on it you know from beginning to end you know where are you recording it how are you recording it um all that information yeah we're gonna be going up to disaster piece um, studios or disaster records. records in Oshkosh. We were supposed um, to go this Saturday, but we kind of realized we weren't <laughs> ready. Yeah, we, we, we got, we got some things to attend to, um, before we go in there, but, um, yeah. And then we're, I mean, we're just going to get as much like basic tracking done there and then we'll probably, you know, DIY it. The, the last record we did, we recorded the whole thing here in, in, in this, in this room, actually. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll get a little mix of the real studio and the home recording um he could speak more to, he's kind of the yeah. whole engineer okay. of the project so um <laughs> so yeah so disaster piece um it's actually a guy that we met through logan the guy in tacoma washington weekday club was during the whole luca fest thing um and actually went there uh to kind of like collaborate on one of the songs that's coming off of their new album limelight that's a whole different story but um yeah, so we're going there pretty much just to get a good drum sound and then coming back here, probably record the rest here. Um, and then basically just, you know, releasing it in batches. Um, I think 
from the from the sound that we got from the last record, uh, just from recording it all in the you know in a non treated wood floor big box, yeah, uh, ended up you know being very limited in what I could you know get out of it. So I think you know investing in the capital for one thing it makes it easier from a producing standpoint, but also uh, you just end up with a better better sound. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, a studio especially with with drums. I mean. It- depending on what, what drum sound you're looking for, if you know, if you're looking for the, the Led Zeppelin typical sound, or if you're looking for the seventies closed, you know, mic, you know, very stuff, stuffy drum sound it just depends on where you go. Yeah. And I was just going to say, all these songs are pretty much stuff that uh, we've come up with within the last year, pretty much. Right. Like, would you guys say, yeah, like, yeah. just stuff that we've been playing since May, I'd say since we started, you know, playing back shows again, uh, so it's just going to be the new, uh, the new season of Die Light. Yeah, <laughs> so what is your process when you, when you're writing a song, do you guys start with the lyrics first, do you start with the instrumental first, or is, it depends on the song, you know, kind of give us a little insight into that. We tend to be a pretty music first band. We all write, we all like present different ideas to the group and yeah, it varies how half-baked they're fully form those ideas are mm-hmm. but we've gotten pretty good at you know taking a pretty loose thread and making something pretty cool out of it um so yeah that's, that's usually how it goes there's differences sometimes i've written songs that i presented to you guys that definitely started lyrics first and i put the music around it but at least me personally that rarely happens it's usually i've got a chord progression or i got an idea and the lyrics follow after that okay cool for this podcast, why don't you guys give me like three songs and kind of like a little history behind each one? Which ones? Um, <laughs> I can talk about uh, like Flatlander Blues, which is the first, um, it's, the, it's the second song on Seems to Be the Way It Tends to Go, which is the record we put out in 2021. Um, that is one song where I, it started as like a poem I wrote like when I was like daydreaming in class and like kind of, then I like, ran home i was like oh wait i I can kind of hear how this needs to go and i put that together and then had it finished and then we slapped like a outro on it like when we played it as a band for the first time and so that was like kind of a unique uh approach not usually how our songs um form
trying to think of another one. Man Ray. So Man Ray is a good example of um, kind of me and Max collaborating on where I brought like a whole written music and then he kind of puts lyrics on it. Um, so I, there, there, originally, um, I had the idea for this song, just the guitar part and the bass line, and Max was still out in, uh, what was it, here in Yosemite or something? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I always think it's Yosemite. And me and Kelso were jamming with another one of our friends, because, you know, he wasn't around to, you know, play shit with us. And Kelso was playing guitar, and the other guy was playing bass, and I was like, I showed him this thing, uh, the, the song Man Ray, and, like, it just, like, wasn't, like, clicking for whatever reason. But, like, I still, like, was like, this is, like, this is like gonna go somewhere. This is a good idea, even though you know that formation, yeah, uh, kind of didn't click with us. But then when we were when Max got back, we were jamming with him on guitar and him on bass. Um, and then for for whatever reason, with that formation, it just kind of clicked. Because wow, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I feel like we've got like kind of chemistry where we know what the hell we're like talking about, yeah, or what we're trying to do. And he just kind of started yelling, you know, mama, 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 mama. And then the bridge, the bridge kind of came together as us just jamming. Yeah. Everything else is just kind of pre-written, but then that bridge section, um, that kind of came together as us jamming.
there's another song called Metal Mouth on it, which is it's kind of like based off like a Courtney Barnett song that I listened to and like ended up scatting like a drum part to it in my voice memos on my phone when I was working this internship, when I was just like counting things on shelves at a music store in Appleton. Pixel Pro Audio, great guys, go check them out. But um, but yeah, and then ended up bringing it uh, like with the guitar part and then we kind of like worked on it together um, and then just made a song. <laughs> it was originally called... Oh, it was originally called Gearhead. And then we actually yeah. wanted, like, I think it was you. Yeah, yeah I thought actually. it was called Metal Mouth. I was like, let's play Metal Mouth. He's like, no, it's called Gearheads. <laughs> now it's Metal Mouth. Yeah. Now it's Metal Mouth. Okay. What goals do you have set forth for this upcoming album? 
more. Yeah. more just, I mean, yeah. get as many people to listen to it as possible. More people listening. More money. No. Yeah, I mean, just keep like we've been. It feels like we've been, you know, trending in the right direction over the last year. So hopefully, that just continues to mm-hmm. climb that way, and uh, we start playing, you know, bigger gigs with big bands, things like that. Are you guys having people donate money to it, and they can be like executive producers or their names in the album notes or anything like that? Or are you guys self-funding it? Oh, but that's not a good idea. I didn't even think of that, but hey, we can. That's not even a bad idea. Okay. I, no, I, I definitely people, I see like people do that a lot. Like, um, yeah, like a Patreon or something. What's the other one? Like a Kickstarter. Yeah, some things like that. Just to like, yeah, help fund things. Um, I haven't really thought about that. I don't know. I feel like I'd feel I'd feel bad, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, give my give my dumb band money. <laughs> we already <laughs> beg them to come to shows and listen and stream our stuff. Give us money now. Just cash. Well, they might feel like they're a part of the whole project if they're dishing out that a little bit point. of money yeah, and their name point. on the, you know, in the just show notes or the album notes. So yeah. that's one of the yeah, things. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, if you ever get a chance, go and listen to that Emily White podcast that I did. I don't remember how many back it was, but I think it was like in August or something like that. But if you check that one out, she has a lot of great ideas for helping getting albums um, promoted and funded. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Definitely check that out. What about work-life balance? You guys have any issues balancing your job with doing the music, or at your age, it's not really that big of a deal right now? Yeah, no. This is a. Um, I just I just moved here to Milwaukee like a month ago, and I moved here without a job, and I was just like, ah, I'll figure it out. I'm doing all the gig work and stuff. Um, but uh, they work at a company together, and um, I will potentially soon be working there as well so we're just gonna be with each other 24 yeah. it's a nice easy you know nine to five job that you, you don't have to take a job home with you and never work nights never work weekends so it works perfectly for you know being in a band because you just after work come practice weekends you can play shows and it, it's not like a you know we earn you know over minimum wage so we have a little bit of cash to actually you know spend on you know instruments and stuff like that yeah no i I got a advice from a elder musician once that was just like in terms of like making money on the side while you're trying to you know build a foundation musically it's just like make your money as fast as possible but uh i think like i'd amend that to like make your money as fast and convenient times as possible time is currency yeah yeah Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, basically you're getting paid for your time, so make sure it's worth it. Yeah. For each one of you, this goes to each one of you, each one of you probably have a different answer to this. What gig made an impression on you, either as a performer or as an audience member, and why did it make such an impression on you? I'll just say this. I saw Bob Dylan last night, and that was utterly mind-blowing. He was on was top it? of his game. Uh, the Riverside Theater here in Milwaukee. Okay. Um. And that's an idol of mine, so that was just kind of magical. It was very cool. But I'm trying to think our coolest gig. You know, honestly, like, probably, I can't even remember when it was, but uh, there's a gig for, like, the first time. I think it was Liniman's, where we played Queen, and there's, like, this really, like, catchy, like, yeah, it's, like, this little pop, that, that line. Um, Not the McDonald's jingle, but, and people just started like singing along to it, and I can hear people sing the lyrics. So I was like, "Wow, that's really cool!" Like they know what's up, you know? Yeah, like, cool. 
the first gig of ours that I thought of uh, that left impression on me was I think just literally the first show we played because like I'd never like played with a band before that and I was like oh shit I gotta keep doing this I gotta keep doing this more and more um, yeah it's addicting yeah <laughs> I think the uh, my favorite show that we played still uh, is actually when we were back living in Oshkosh uh, there's this uh, local like campus bar is called Molly's. We played there, and there's like a dance floor, uh, like with like uh, what do you call it, a railing, like separating that from like the rest of the bar. And we were playing yeah, on that so dance floor. stage just to like like 50 people that we knew, like our friends. And it was like 50. <laughs> it was like, it was like 20, 20 to 30. It was like 20. Was it 50? It was a decent amount of people. It was, it was a it Tuesday was a night. People, but we yeah, like drew a decent amount of people. It was just all like good friends and stuff like that and they were all having like a great time and we were having a great time and uh, it was, I reminisce yeah I think like, like people the craziest like performance or like the most impactful performance that I had um yeah I can't really think of one because I feel like I'm just like constantly blown away by musicianship and some of these local bands or just even like, even, like, really young bands, like, they all have, like, these really cool sounds or, like, ways that they approach songwriting. And, you know, I usually try to learn something at, at each show or try to, you know, steal something. <laughs> learn, steal. <laughs> it's a fine line. <laughs> Favorite musician? Parquet Courts. Sergi Rachmaninoff. <laughs> Sergio. Awesome. Okay. As I wrap this up, what's on your playlist right now? What artists are you listening to that you feel are not getting the recognition that maybe they should be getting the recognition for? All of our friends. <laughs> Everyone we know. No, um, we've put, we've just played with so many cool bands here and like down in Chicago too recently. Um I'm just gonna name drop. You guys need to listen to Shuby. You need to listen to Tacoma Washington Weekday Club. You need to listen to North Warren. You need to listen to Totally Cash. Totally Cash. The Roof Dogs. The Roof Dogs. Kangaroo Family Kangaroo Vacation. Court. Kangaroo Court. They're social Sig. So, oh, yeah. Social Sig, definitely. There's, there's just, just start going to Winnemans and Bremen on any given weekend, <laughs> or, you know, I don't even. Nowhere else, Cactus Club. There's so many good musicians in this city. The Nile Club, yeah, Nile that, Club. that's a band, not an actual okay. club. <laughs> okay, okay. When you're writing your songs, is there a certain theme that your lyrics are surrounding, or is it just from everywhere? I'm starting to try and do that, but historically, it's it's never happened. <laughs> I I don't know. I like. I'm, I'm yes i'm sure they're in there like i know i tend to write about similar stuff but i never really i try to write like a lot of just like stream of conscious and just piecing everyday moment things together with weirder unrealistic things i don't know um i think it probably it's usually there's like a i couldn't i can never like put my finger on it but there's a feeling you know or like a general like aura that the song gives off and i don't know if i'm like actually like putting that there if it's just like i'm tapping into what it sounds like i don't know but uh something's there i never write lyrics i just write the music and let these guys take care of that part so i think the answer is (laughs) no 
for me, I, I've always done that same thing. Um, for like a couple of the more recent things that I've written, though, like I've tried to make a point from the get go of saying like, OK, we're just going to write about this thing. Because then it's sort of like by putting yourself in a box, it like almost makes it easier to kind of force you to be creative. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like giving you like a timeline, which like I still am not really doing it. I've only done it like a few times. So like every time I've done it, I've noticed I'm able to write it faster. So that's cool. That's it, cool. Yeah, this kind of goes back, I guess, to like how we're like planning on releasing music in the future too. Like I've been in the band I was in before this band, we focused pretty heavily on. These are like concept albums pretty much and like having this like thematic streak through the whole thing and we'd like have these long spacey like philosophical talks about what we want these songs to be and what we want to be in them and uh that's cool but it's also like really hard and kind of limiting sometimes yeah right so what was really cool like i don't know we just like focus on the song you know here like right, that's right. like the, that's the first and foremost like thing to address and if there's a streak running between them like that's all there's gonna be something you know it's just us doing it like there's it's the same people it's gonna reflect that in whatever we're creating but but yeah that doesn't supersede um, yeah the song it's just the song level you know right, the band right. is the concept right you know? right we're our own masterpiece <laughs> yep when I was in college 25 years ago, there was a band called Cake, and they would just write random sentences and throw oh, them in a hat and then pull them out, and that would be the lyrics for their song. Yeah, cake is good. They make yeah. catchy stuff. Was there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd want me to ask you before we end this podcast? First time I've had that question. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's nice. I don't know. You kind of touched on Ask me what my favorite food is. Okay. That was what I was just thinking. <laughs> Before before a gig, what's your favorite food to eat? Banana. Trivial answer. I don't really have a favorite food, honestly. Depends on what I'm in the mood for. I, I can't I can't eat like too soon before shows, so it's probably just like a gin and tonic and some bar food <laughs> if they're around. Oh, is it specifically before shows? Sure. Yeah. Oh, then just beer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was great learning more about you guys and um, look forward to talking with you guys in the future. Yeah, Awesome. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us. And there you have it. Interview with Diet Light. Thank you so much for listening in this week and I hope you will tune in next week. Have a great week, everybody. Stay warm. And if you're interested in being on the podcast, I do have a guest request form, real short form, just needs your name and your email and send that off to me and I'll send an auto email back to you asking for all your information that pertains to your organization, business or performance group. If you're interested in any of my other ventures with ZTF Studio, either mixing, recording, editing, or any other audio issues that you may be in need of, you can contact me through my studio email, ztfstudio at gmail.com. Once again, ztfstudio at gmail.com. And you can also check out the website at ztfstudio.com. And we'll see you on Monday.